Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host, I am excited today because we are kicking into gear the NFL offseason talk here. There's a lot of songs right now as we head into December about it's the most wonderful time of the year. They're talking about Christmas. They're talking about the holidays. For me, the most wonderful time of the year is when we get to dive into the NFL offseason. This is I don't know if this is just because of like I grew up playing Madden and like franchise mode. I'm all about like the GM moves, the trades, the free agents, and then I sim the rest of the games. This is what I'm doing here with Dynasty and the NFL offseason. I am excited to bring in the guest for today's episode. That is Marvin Eloquin. He is a writer for the fantasy footballers, and he can be found on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. Marvin, how you doing, man? Are you as excited as we now kick into the NFL offseason? We're now nearing that time, man. How's the uh, the 2021 NFL season treated you? It's been great, man. First of all, thank you so much for having me. But hey, it's I'm excited for the offseason. It's always a good time, especially with with rookies coming in, right? And and with free agency happening, obviously. So I'm I'm excited to talk about some of these running backs here today and, and how this might affect uh the dynasty landscape going forward. Absolutely. A lot is going to change as we head into 2022, obviously with the rookie chatter, and of course we will get to breaking down all of those rookies and everything like that, there is plenty of time to be able to do that. But we are going to now kick off a series here where we break down each of the position groups and highlighting the upcoming free agents. We have done some work here in the in the NFL season where we've talked about players as buy low opportunities that are going to be having their contracts expire and stuff like that. But this is really going to be a dedicated series as we dive into today, the running backs next week will be the wide receivers. We'll dive into all the upcoming free agents and some really interesting names here. 
at the running back position. A quick note here before we dive into that, that we are back on YouTube. You can watch the podcast over on youtube.com slash fantasy pros. You can see my face. You can see Marvin's here as we have been taking a hiatus during the NFL season with the production over on YouTube. So if you do enjoy watching the podcast versus listening wherever you can find your podcast, you can now head over, hit the pause button, head over to youtube.com slash fantasy pros and check out the podcast there. All right. Really interesting names here at the running back position. There isn't like one of those top tier guys that is heading into free agency necessarily, but still some guys that can be valuable fantasy contributors in Dynasty from 2022 and moving forward. So let's start here with the first name, and that is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, obviously he and I have a very personal relationship as he had uh, dragged me on Twitter about a month ago, but no, Melvin Gordon here. 28 years old, coming up at the end of his contract, obviously everyone is really excited about Javante Williams and what he did here this past week against Kansas City. And for the future, Melvin Gordon, is he going to end up here in Denver next year? Let's take a look at this from the best fantasy scenarios that we can possibly think of in this situation where we're kind of playing chess here, you know? So uh, let me just preface this. As we talk about these players, like we're not just going to say like Tampa Bay Buccaneers for every single player, right? As far as like a dream scenario for these running backs, if we take a, a running back and put him in Tampa Bay, we're not going to use that spot for another player. All right. So let's talk about Melvin Gordon here. Assuming he moves on from Denver, Marvin, where is the best scenario for his fantasy outlook moving forward? Yeah. So for, for me, one of the, uh, one of my favorite landing spots um, for any running back really could be the Miami dolphins here. Um, you know, going back to 2020 when Melvin Gordon was in free agency, right? He was, he didn't sign with the Broncos yet. There was mutual interest there with, with the Dolphins. And so I think there could be potentially a, another opportunity here for them to, to, to sign Melvin Gordon. They, ha they're projected to have the second highest cap space in the offseason next year. And, um, they don't really have heavy investment at the running back position, right? Miles Gaskins, a seventh round pick. Salvin Ahmed, he's a undrafted free agent. And and Miles Gaskin, while he's been a great story for for dynasty and fantasy, his efficiency has actually declined this year. So Melvin Gordon could step into that role, provide some versatility. We know he's still a great red zone running back, dating back to 2020, even with the Broncos. So I, I do think there's there's an opportunity here for for him to to get paid again. And if they pay him, I do believe that they're going to use him pretty heavily. You know, Miles Gaskin in games where he's played at least 50% of the snaps. He's averaged 18 opportunities per game. If Melvin Gordon gets that, even though he's an older running back, he's not the most efficient guy, that will translate into opp uh, fantasy opportunity, right? Uh, fantasy points. And so that's what we care about as, as dynasty managers. So even though he's a little older, I do think there's an op opportunity there uh, with Miami. It's really interesting with Melvin Gordon because he has like it's not like he has been inefficient or ineffective in Denver this season, right? And with different scenarios in the past where we highlighted Javante Williams coming into the year and kind of equated it to J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram in Baltimore, Ingram wasn't necessarily getting the job done, which is why they were able to turn the reins over to Dobbins as much as they did in 2020. And we kind of all expected that to happen here in Denver this season, but that hasn't been the case. Why Javante Williams was so effective in week 13 was because Melvin Gordon was out of the lineup. Gordon has been still a very good running back. And so if you can put him into a spot where he is given significant opportunity and yeah, you're right. Miles Gaskin 
he's still an effective like running back as far as especially as a receiver out of the backfield. So if you put him into this like complimentary role and you have Melvin Gordon taking the full workload as the uh, as the first and second down back there, I do think that that is a dream scenario for Melvin Gordon. Another dream scenario that I will highlight for Melvin Gordon is the Buffalo Bills. Bills are coming off of this game here against the Patriots where we saw that they just not did not have the running game to be able to match up with New England, especially in the wintry weather with Buffalo. And I know that they are focused in on being a passing team and, and Josh Allen has the arm strength to be able to cut through the wind there, but you saw it with that, with that matchup up against new England, they needed a running game, Matt Breida, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss. They're not getting the job done. So if we look at Melvin Gordon as a guy, who's not going to get a massive contract, right? You don't hand a massive contract out a lengthy contract out to a 28 year old running back. who has been in the league for quite a while. But if on a one to two year deal for Melvin Gordon to end up in Buffalo, I think that'll fill a huge void here for the Bills. And I think that that would equate to potentially a top 15 running back in 2022 as far as fantasy production. That's something that we need to talk about, too, is like what would this equate to specifically with next season with Melvin Gordon? Because he's more of a one to two year play. Mm -hmm. And I think that he would be in the consideration for a top 15 fantasy football running back. So really interesting there with Melvin Gordon, someone to keep an eye on as we head into the offseason. Let's take a look at another player here, Leonard Fournette. Fournette came really out of nowhere this year, right? Heading into the season, I was like, all right, I think it's going to be Ronald Jones. Leonard Fournette was Lombardi Lenny in, in 2020, but I just, Ronald Jones was the more efficient runner. He was the more effective runner in 2020, and I got that call wrong. It has been Leonard Fournette the entire way, and we will, of course, talk about Ronald Jones here in a little bit. So Leonard Fournette, I want to throw this to you. Where is like the dream scenario for him heading into 2022 and beyond? Yeah, so this isn't, an exciting landing spot. Actually, it is for fantasy purposes, but it's not going to be any different than where he is now because I do think the da- Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's a great landing spot where you've seen him truly flourish here this year. And uh, I was digging into this, and surprisingly, the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually have $32 million in cap space, which is surprising. Shocking. I feel like they, yeah. they've been paying everyone. I mean, they have Brady yeah. on there and, and Mike Evans and all that. But um, they obviously saw Godwin to pay. Um, but I do think Leonard Fournette, We've seen that trust that he's built with Tom Brady and this coaching staff is RB7 in target share, RB15 in total opportunity share um, since week four when they truly committed to him. And he's RB5 in PPR points per game since week four. And, and this is, you know, for a guy who we didn't really want in Dynasty a year right. ago when he was, uh, you know, um, no longer Jacksonville Jaguar. This is kind of the resurgence that has allowed him to really... Um, receive another opportunity as a lead running back for for maybe a longer contract. So I do think, um, you know, there are other landing spots, but I think Tampa Bay would be a great one for for dynasty uh, purposes and uh, for him to produce long term. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Exactly. That's kind of exactly. the thing here with Leonard Fournette. <laughs> so I am absolutely going to agree with you that mm-hmm. his best landing spot for fantasy success moving forward is in Tampa Bay next year and moving forward. And I think the really interesting thing here with Leonard Fournette is that he has emerged again as like a reliable receiving option out of the backfield. Tom Brady trusts him and Brady is looking to avoid being hit. And so he is getting the ball out quick to Leonard Fournette. And we are seeing him just soak up targets out of this backfield, especially as he has completely taken over at the beginning of the season. It was like Giovanni Bernard was factoring in. You had Ronald Jones. Now that has just been completely removed from the equation. This is Leonard Fournette's backfield. So I do think that Again, I don't I don't see them handing out like a three year contract to Leonard Fournette. But again, on a one to two year deal for him to come back, I do think that he would remain in that 
top 15, top 12 conversation at the at the running back position. And I mean, lately, he's been a top five running back for fantasy, like in that in that vein. So absolutely going to agree with you there. Leonard Fournette back in Tampa Bay for moving forward from 2022 and beyond. Let's keep going down the list here. The breakout star of 2021, someone that I absolutely did not see coming. I don't think <laughs> anyone, if, if you had come on a podcast and you had said, hey, guys, you know what? You know who I think is going to be really, really good in 2021? Cordero Patterson, you would have been laughed off of the podcast, but that mm -hmm. is how fantasy football works sometimes. So Cordero Patterson here, 30 years old. What is the best landing spot for him? All right, so I promise things will get more interesting here, but I do have Cordell or Patterson. Just from a fantasy standpoint, I think going back to the Falcons would be perfect for him. He finally found a team that will use him the, the right way and in such a way that translates into fantasy production. He's an older running back or wide receiver running back um, at age 31, but he just soaks up the targets. He's used in such a unique way that allows him to produce, even though he's not commanding the majority of the the rushing attempts um and that's why i think you know there could be a second running back in here but regardless if they bring him back he'll he'll produce for fantasy you know running back targets are are so much more valuable than running back rush attempts so if we had to give him any opportunities given the targets he'll produce and he's the rb8 in ppr per game this year i mean he's just been so consistent and, and so great even when the falcons are winning or especially when they're um when they're losing sorry when they're losing when they're winning, doesn't matter. He's great. So I do think if he can go back there, maybe on a one-year deal, um, he, he'll be a cheap option in Dynasty that could potentially fill in that flex spot, RB2 spot for those uh, potential contenders next year. All right, so let's assume that, let's just play this forward. Cordero Patterson, in spoiler alert, I've got him returning to Atlanta as well, right? Like he's he's finally found a fit with Arthur Smith. I don't think he wants to leave. I don't think Atlanta wants him to leave either. So let's just play this forward. Assume that he's back in Atlanta next year on a one-year deal, right? He Again, 30 years old. They're not going to hand out a big contract to Cordero Patterson. So on a one-year deal, where do we view him as far as at the running back position? Let's take the wide receiver out of the equation, but the running back position what, where would he rank like uh, as far as your draft rankings heading into next year? Where would Cordero Patterson fall? Because he has been an incredible asset so far this year. You're just talking about next season, right? Yeah, just next season. You know, based on what we've seen here, you know, this season, I, I guess he has to be a top 15 running back for fantasy, potentially even higher. I mean, he has the upside to be an RB1 every single week. Uh, I know he doesn't have that name value or that star appeal as some of the other running backs that we probably want to rank higher, but Based on his usage this year, he is an RB1. And so if he's in the same system, same offense, I can't help but just rank him in the top 12 potentially I know. next year. Joe Pisapia, the host of the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast, asked me recently, I was like, if we knew what we knew about Cordero Patterson this year, where would we have drafted him in our redraft leagues? And I was like, and he was like, are you taking him in the second round? I was like, oh my goodness. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could take Cordero Patterson there. But yeah, I think that he has to be in the conversation for top 10, top 12. So that's really interesting if you are now in this. And the reason why I ask that is from a dynasty perspective, if you, if you are heading into next year saying, I'm in this win now window, I've got a lot of veteran players here and being able to acquire Cordero Patterson for someone who thinks that this year was a fluke to be able to be that top 12 borderline play for you next year. I think that has some value. Let's keep ticking down the list here. Let's go to a player who is also coming off a big week this past week as he stepped into the RB1 role in Los Angeles. Let's go to Sony Michelle here. 
traded from the New England Patriots over to the Los Angeles Rams, has served as the backup for Daryl Henderson this year, most likely not going to be back in LA next year as they have Cam Akers returning, and then Henderson still in the fold. So, Sony Michel, where are we looking at him landing next year that would be the best case scenario? All right, so this might be a little more of a <clears throat> of a spicy take, fiery take here. Um you know, there are, there are several opportunities in, in on diff, on a couple of teams where he could be the lead running back, but I don't know if he's going to get paid like that. And so I have him going to the Titans where I think there could be an opportunity there for him to take some more opportunities here with in Derrick Henry getting older. He's accounted for 84.2% of their rushing attempts, 29.9 opportunities per game this season. I mean, that's just an unreal number for a running back who's approaching, I believe, age 27, age 28. He's an older running back now at this point and coming off an injury I do wonder if they can scale back his workload a little bit he'll still be fancy relevant he'll still be Derrick Henry but then another running back like Sony Michelle here on a on a team that relies heavily on on the running game right they're second in the league in neutral game script rushing right they're gonna run the ball heavily if they have the running backs and just having another one in here that's dynamic I do think Sony Michelle with 10 opportunities per game uh, would be serviceable as a rotational running back for dynasty purposes but then he would become a high-end backup running back where if derrick henry as he gets older if he were to go down hopefully not you know we we don't want injuries right, here, but right. if that were to happen sony michelle could be in a, in a great situation there in, in a great rushing offense it's a really interesting situation because you look at derrick henry and then you look at the backup running backs that tennessee went into the year with right it was darrington evans and I think they had like Makai Sargent on their roster, right? Like essentially no one. And Evans had some talent coming out of Appalachian, Appalachian State, but he just has not been able to stay healthy. So now moving forward, you've seen them try the Adrian Peterson experiment. They, you've seen them try the Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard, you know, looked great a couple of weeks ago, but who knows if that's going to continue. So I think for them to go into next year and say, we've got to address this in at least a little bit of a bigger way. And you're correct. Sony Michelle, no one's going to go out there and hand Sony Michelle a sizable contract. But for him to end up in Tennessee, that's at least an interesting enough scenario where if things go the right way for the Sony Michelle manager, the wrong way for, for Derrick Henry, he can have value. So that's kind of the way that I think we need to view Sony Michelle is one of these guys who probably not going to end up in a starting role somewhere where he's like guaranteed a sizable workload, but can be effective if he ends and and viewed as kind of this high end insurance running back, which are still very, very valuable in dynasty. So for me, for Sony Michelle, I'm going to highlight Houston. I think that we are kind of done here with the David Johnson experiment. We've seen what <laughs> Rex Burkhead can do, right? They've moved on for Philip Lindsay, like Scotty Phillips isn't the answer. So this team is going to experience some dramatic turnover next year. And I don't know necessarily if they are going to think that this is like a one year. All right, we're turning it around and we're ready to go. It depends on what happens with the Deshaun Watson situation and how much trade capital they get back. But I do think that Sony Michelle is the type of running back that they'll take a shot on to be able to see, all right, the production that we saw here this past week against Jacksonville in Los Angeles, is that what we can get out of Sony Michelle moving forward? These are, you know, as a rebuilding roster, they're wanting to take shots on guys. They're going to want to see all right, does it work? And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. They're a rebuilding roster. There's no consequences to it whatsoever. We talked about Michelle, probably not going to get that sizable contract. I think you can get a one-year deal for uh, from the Houston Texans where we can say, all right, he's going to be a starting running back for them. And I think the team will improve next year, depending on what they do at quarterback. That's a major question mark. There's major question marks surrounding Houston altogether. But that is a situation that I did want to highlight and say, I think there's enough there where if Michelle can land there, he could be a top 30 running back week in and week out. 
Let's go to Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack, a really interesting player here. Inactive for the majority of the year for Indianapolis, as we have seen Jonathan Taylor just take over this backfield and see a ridiculous, ridiculous workload for the Colts. Marlon Mack is scheduled to be a free agent. So Marvin, where are we kind of anticipating that he could land that would lend itself to, I mean, the best case scenario for his dynasty outlook? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough for him because he coming off an injury, he didn't really get an opportunity to, um, I mean, have a relevant fantasy role there for uh, for the Colts, rightfully so, because Jonathan Taylor is just hashtag good, right? I mean, he's that great. Um, but I, I do think uh, for the Chargers, they kind of they, they have Austin Eckler. He's going to be their guy uh, for next year. Um, but he is setting a career high and is on pace to set career highs in total opportunities, opportunity share. He's, he's been their guy, hasn't necessarily had this kind of a workload uh, long term, getting up there a little bit in age. But when you look at what they have in the backfield, I mean, they have Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly. None of those guys really, um, they they haven't been great. I mean, they haven't been efficient. They haven't been effective filling in for uh, for Austin Eckler. And in spurts this year, we've seen Marlon Mack actually look somewhat decent. He just hasn't received the opportunity. So I, I do wonder if, if there could be a pairing there where he's not going to command a lot of money. He's going to be a cheaper backup option for Austin Eckler, but he does provide versatility as well. Can be a decent uh a goal line running back as well. well. Hopefully not. I mean, we want Austin Eckler to to thrive in fantasy, but um, Marlon Mack, I think there's still uh, some juice in him and, and he could provide some value there on a high powered offense that's that's improving every single year. Historically, Los Angeles has utilized that two running back system, right? And now we can look back and say, okay, that was more so Anthony Lynn than it is like the Chargers as a as an organization, right? So Austin Eckler, this type of usage for him, really no one saw coming. Like no one saw that he was suddenly going to see career highs in in red zone rushing attempts and all this. But I do think that it's going to be interesting to see how Los Angeles t- approaches this next offseason to say, yeah, like you said, Joshua Kelly has not done it. Larry Roundtree has not done it. The, these guys are just rotating through. Uh, and sometimes you'll see one of the guys active and then the next week he'll be inactive, right? So I do think that for them to be able to take that shot on Marlon Mack, to be that compliment to Austin Eckler, I actually think that's a really, really good pairing. I had not thought of that landing spot. I really, really like that. For me, I'm going to go with Seattle. We look at Chris Carson who knows if he's going to even come back next year with this neck issue. We don't know exactly what that situa- situation is looking like. Per, uh, from my understanding, he is under contract for next year, though. So I do think that we're going to see Rashad Penny move on from. Uh, Adrian Peterson is not going to be in town next year for Seattle. Like this, they need another running back to step in. And I think that the depth that you'll that you'll need if you're Seattle behind Chris Carson is crucial. So Marlon Mack is someone that I do think if you can give him, bring him in as depth, again, he's not going to cost you a ton in free agency because he's coming off that Achilles injury. He's been healthy. He came back extremely quick, but we just don't know what the type of workload that he can sustain. And I do think that there's an opportunity in this backfield to step in alongside Chris Carson. And then if Carson continues to deal with this injury, we suddenly have the RB1 in Seattle. So I do think that that is a valuable role. Again, not necessarily looking like he's going to step into a starting role anywhere in the NFL, but can be valuable if he ends up in somewhere like Los Angeles or Seattle. Let's move on to a really, really interesting name here. Only 24 years old has shown that he can be incredibly efficient when he's given the opportunity and is uh, let's hope that he gets away from Bruce Arians who punishes him for fumbling the football. So let's go with Ronald Jones here. Really interesting name to hit the free agent market where you have him going. Yeah, I've been saving this landing spot specifically for Ronald Jones because I do think he just needs the opportunity and and 
in Houston, you already mentioned this landing spot, the Texans, that uh, he could receive, you know, 15 to 20 opportunities per game because they don't have much in that backfield this year and no one really under contract next year. So, um, you know, Texans can provide that opportunity there. And sure, they have question marks at quarterback, right? And we don't know who it's going to be. Is it Tyrod coming back? Is it Deshaun Watson? Who knows, right? Um, and they could draft a running back, a uh, quarterback. But, um, you know, what su- surprised me when I looked at this team specifically is that they only have four picks in the first three rounds. And for a for a team that's rebuilding, I sort of assumed that they would have at least a couple of seconds or, or first, but they don't. I don't know if they have the draft capital to address the running back position. They have so many other needs. They might have to address offensive line, quarterback, obviously. And so why not give Ronald Jones an opportunity here where over the last couple of years when he's received 20 opportunities, which has been eight times in his career, he's finished as an RB2 or better in seven of them. And he's uh, finished top four in two of those games. I mean, he's he's been good when he's given the opportunity. And, and you know, as volume is king for fantasy, and, and this, this could be the perfect opportunity for him. Um, hopefully so, because uh, that would uh, obviously uh, skyrocket in, in dynasty value for him. And, and um, yeah, ho- hopefully that happens. Yeah, so let's play this forward again. Let's assume that they sign him to a one- to two-year contract. I want to get your thoughts on the dynasty value for Ronald Jones. If he ends up where you've got him going, right? The dream scenario, he ends up in Houston, which is going to give him the opportunity. He's hanging around in like the 30s of our dynasty ECR at the running back position, right? He's kind of just, or I'm sorry, even RB45. Like he's behind guys like Naheem Hines, Khalil Herbert, even Trey Sermon. Like no one wants, <laughs> experts do not want Ronald Jones, but let's assume that he ends up here in Houston. How far would he jump up that dynasty running back rankings? Just an, just an estimate in your opinion. Yeah, I think he'd be top 30. I think he'd be right there around the top 30. There are other running backs probably who, um, you know, have the draft capital, have um, a more solidified uh, ecosystem uh, where they're currently at. So I, I don't know if I'd put him top 20, but I think top 30 is pretty realistic Was with some older running backs. Like you mentioned, Chris Carson kind of moving down in rankings and all that. Um, I, I think uh, he could be a value, especially right now. So if your dynasty, uh, you know, uh, trade deadline hasn't passed yet. I mean, Ron Jones could be someone who you could trade for now. Like you said, his ECR and, and ADP is pretty low. Um, yep. And, you know, if he gets the opportunity, he could be really productive. Um, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be one of these guys that as we head into the like dynasty startup season, his ADP is just gonna be so it's gonna be rock bottom, and he's gonna be one of these guys that I am just scooping up everywhere because I do think that he's gonna walk into a better situation. For me, we talked about this landing spot earlier. You had Melvin Gordon going there. For me, that's Miami. I think that Ronald Jones in Miami. Stick in Florida, man. It's it's a nice spot. Uh, and I think that for him, being able to land in Miami with that uh, with that offense, you know, to a tongue of Iloa, and then you've got Jalen Waddle. I think that they're going to continue to build around that. You mentioned Miles Gaskin. Not really such of a threat there. I think that he could step in as the, like the third down back alongside Ronald Jones, and Jones could be that first and second down guy because we have seen that Jones has had some problems as a receiver out of the backfield historically. So I think that this fit makes sense. And if you are, you know, playing it forward, like I've, like I mentioned here a couple of times, top 30 for sure. And I think that potentially pushing that top 25 and has the potential to rise depending on how he performs. And again, Jones has been efficient. Jones has been effective when he's been given the opportunity. It's that rare fumbling issue. Like, and then you just, he's benched. So we have never been able to trust him. Then Leonard Fournette stepping in and taking that job there. So I do think that heading into free agency, Jones is one of those guys that you got to circle and you just got to say, I've got to watch where he ends up. 
I'm going to try to add him onto my rosters if I still can. Let's go with uh, James Conner here. We're going to go with some veteran running backs at this point. So 26 years old, Conner in Pittsburgh kind of just wasn't able to stay healthy. He ends up here in Arizona this year and has just absolutely smashed. Like he has just thrived in the role that they have asked him to. So we look at James Conner. Where is the best landing spot for him? Yeah, so for me, I, I do think the best landing spot is for him to just stay in in Arizona. Um, they love him there. Um, you know, all the reports and, and comments from the coaching staff say that they they just love having him around, and he's been super productive this year. Uh, obviously, he shared the workload a little bit with with Chase Edmonds, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, since Week Nine, when Chase Edmonds unfortunately went down with an injury. Connor's the RB7 opportunity share, RB2 and PPR points per game with 24.2. He's just crushed it, right? And he's the RB2 in rush attempts inside the five. I mean, they use him in the red zone. His usage is perfect for fantasy purposes. You know, still relatively young. 26 isn't the 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 oldest, right, for a running back. It feels come. like he's like 30 years old, right? It feels like Connor's <laughs> yeah. been in the league forever. Yeah, I can't remember when... How old was he when he entered the league? He must have been pretty young because, I mean, he did his four-year contract with Pittsburgh and then hit free agency. So, yeah, 21, something like that. Crazy. But, yeah, I I think he's he's found a home here. And and so if he stays with the Cardinals, I do think he he could have some some, uh, value here next year, even the year after that, if he sticks around because they've just found a... Uh, just a perfect opportunity for him for, uh, to produce uh, for that team and for fantasy purposes. I do agree with you that this is the best landing spot for James Conner, right? We we talked about it with Leonard Fournette with Cordell Patterson. If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? And this is working for the Cardinals and for James Conner in his fantasy outlook as well. So I do think that we kind of have to keep him down the dynasty rankings. You know, uh, he's at RB 34 right now in our in our ECR, which stands for expert consensus rankings, which you can find at fantasypros.com. So he's still in that range where we a lot of experts just don't know exactly what to do with Conner at this point. But next year, for sure, for a win now team, he's going to be in that top 24 conversation for sure, depending on what else they do at the running back position. Let's talk about that guy. And let's stay with the Arizona backfield chase Edmonds has been incredibly you know productive this year uh he has found the end zone I think what once like he finally found the end zone after that ridiculous uh streak of of touches there but he has been talent he's an extremely talented running back and he's been productive this year so let's look at chase Edmonds 25 years old heading into free agency next year where could he end up that would be a fantastic spot for him yeah, you mentioned this uh, this team already as a team that's in win now mode. Uh, they have a great quarterback, great receiving core, great wide receiver one, um, and that's the Buffalo Bills. I, I think they're just missing a running back, and, and I do think they could address it in the draft. There's some good running backs coming in, obviously, uh, but Chase Edmonds he he's been great this year. He was rel- he's been relatively efficient as a rusher, and from a receiving standpoint, you know when obviously when he was on the field from weeks one through eight. RB8 in routes run per game, RB6 in target share, RB11 in yards after the catch per game. He's just efficient as a as a receiver, versatile weapon. I think that's what the 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 Bills need to to thrive. They just need a versatile explosive weapon there. And and the Bills since 2020 they're uh leading the league in neutral passing rate. So they want to pass the ball. Uh you know, we we always thought that they they wouldn't be but right. they transformed themselves and here we are. They they want to pass the ball and I think that fits Chase Ed- Edmonds and his skill set so perfectly that I do think he could thrive there as a as a fancy running back and um obviously they uh you know, hopefully he comes back this year but um he could always go back to the, to the Arizona Cardinals but I th- do think the Bills uh, could be an intriguing landing spot as well. Yeah, you look at Chase Edmonds and you know that he's not going to get a ton of work inside the red zone, right? He's not going to get those those valuable touches uh, to be able to convert on, you know, red zone rush attempts and stuff like that for rushing touchdowns. But 
an extremely valuable receiving asset out of the backfield. So I look at a team like the New England Patriots where James White down with an injury this year. He's a veteran running back. We don't know when exactly he's going to be coming back. And I actually think he's a, a pending free agent as well. So we don't know if he's going to even be back in the NFL next year. So I look at Chase Edmonds and I say the New England Patriots, you have Damian Harris, you have Ramondre Stevenson. They are serving that, that uh, they're a fantastic one, two punch there on the ground, but neither of them are filling that receiving role. It's going to Brandon Bolden right now. And we know what Brandon <laughs> Bolden is, right? He's just a right. special teams guy. He's yeah. not going to do much. So getting Chase Edmonds in there for Mac Jones, I mean, Mac Jones, we saw what James White was doing at the beginning of the season for him as a check down guy. He's going to find the open guy and he's going to get the ball out. I think Chase Edmonds would feast in this offense. So he would be a guy, especially in PPR formats, that I would put in the top 24 conversation. Let's continue on here. We got three names left to go. Let's just kind of rush through these guys. J.D. McKissick is a free agent next year. It looks like Antonio Gibson is heading his way to just completely taking over this backfield. I do not expect McKissick back in Washington next year. So let's talk about J.D. McKissick here really quickly. Where do you think he could end up next year that would be a good spot? Yeah, I agree that Gibson should be the guy there for fantasy purposes. Let, let's hope so. So I do think J.D. McKissick, he could go to the Patriots. You just talked about him. Uh, James White is a free agent. And uh, Mac Jones has been the most efficient rookie quarterback this year. Um, there's there's a lot to like about him. And, and I do think that uh, you know the Patriots are still ninth in the league in, in uh, targeting the running back. Um, that's not just a Tom Brady thing. That's a Patriots thing. And so um, J.D. McKissick could could be really, really productive there as still retaining that PPR value that you talked about. Yeah, and I, I, I will go with uh, if we're assuming that Chase Edmonds is going to move on there like prices way out of town or whatever the case may be. I will just take J.D. McKissick and I will plug him right there into Arizona alongside alongside James Conner as that receiving workload uh, as that receiving threat out of the backfield there. So J.D. McKissick, I think that would be a good spot for him. From a fantasy perspective, high-powered offense there. I think that it was is probably the best-case scenario for him alongside New England. I do like that call as well. Let's go with Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams has performed here in Kansas City this year in relief of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Maybe he's played his way into a larger role with another team somewhere. Let's go with Ch- uh, Daryl Williams. Where do you have him landing? Yeah, uh, another interesting landing spot. You had talked about the Seattle Seahawks potentially being uh, a place where uh, Chris Carson has struggled with injuries and they may just be looking at someone who's um, a little more uh, reliable potentially um, at the running back position. And and I think Carson only has one more year left after this when he sent a two-year extension. So um, Darrell Williams could be the guy there. Um, and, and, you know, we saw this year when he's received the workload, 15-plus uh, opportunities, he's averaged 20.3 PPR points. So he can be an effective running back. And I do think the opportunity could be there um, in Seattle. Absolutely. I love that call, especially as a, uh, as the receiving guy in that backfield. I think that there would be value for that, especially in a fan and uh, from fantasy, I'm going to stick with him kind of being this guy that will serve as a complimentary piece in a backfield, but does have the high level insurance running back. I'm going to have him going to Denver behind Javante Williams. I do think that 2022 and beyond, we're going to see Javante Williams completely take over this backfield. But I do think that Daryl Williams could still form a... We've seen that even though Javante Williams is going to be the guy, Denver wants to have multiple running backs in the fold. Uh, So even though Javante Williams is going to have the majority of the work, I do think that there is still enough volume there for Daryl Williams to step in and see some work as a receiver out of the backfield. And then, of course, as the the replacement, the, the value, the handcuff there, for Javante Williams, that's an incredibly valuable asset in Dynasty. So if you got Daryl Williams, 
do not sell him. I think that he could end up in a more favorable spot next year. And even if he returns to Kansas City, we know that that is a valuable role for him. The final guy here who caught all of our attention on Thursday night uh, earlier on this season, that is Dearness Johnson. So Dearness Johnson here at 25 years old, the RB3 in Cleveland, and I think that he played his way into another role somewhere else this next offseason. Let's wrap it up here. Dearness Johnson, the final running back. Yeah, so... Um, I, I do think Darren Johnson could return to the Browns potentially. I think there's some, uh, you know, contract situation there with Hunt where they they could, you know, potentially trade him, let him go, and then keep the cheaper option in uh, Darius Johnson. But for fantasy purposes, I do think the Falcons, you know, alongside Cordell Patterson, could be pretty interesting. Uh, where um, Mike Davis just hasn't really panned out, and they continue to give him carries because they have to, right? They need another running back there, um, someone who commands the rushing attempts and while well, Cordell Patterson lines up all over the field. So um, I do think Darius Johnson has looked impressive this year. I think if you give him a solid uh, number of opportunities, he will produce on it. And, and in an offense that probably needs to run the ball a little more and, and hopefully can improve that defense and, and give more opportunities to the running backs, um, I think the Falcons could be um, a solid ending spot. It's a really interesting one. That's one that I hadn't really thought of, right? You kind of just pencil in Cordero Patterson there, and then I hadn't really thought about another running back landing there, but you're absolutely right. What has Mike Davis done for them to look his way again? They don't like Wayne Gallman, apparently, even though he's looked pretty good when he's been given the opportunity. So I do think that they could look into the free agent pool and sign someone pretty cheap like Dearness Johnson, give him the opportunity on a one-year deal. Let's see what he can do alongside Cordero Patterson. I like that call. For me, I'm going to go with the New York Jets uh, behind Michael Carter, Tevin Coleman at this point, we know who he is. Ty Johnson, we know who he is at this point. Michael Carter is going to be the guy, but at his size, I do not think that he is going to hold up to that type of workload that he was getting there. He was incredibly productive with it. It was great to see from fantasy, but I just don't think that that's going to hold up over the course of a 17-game season. So they need someone else there in that backfield to take away touches, specifically on the ground. If Carter can remain uh, heavily involved as a receiver out of the backfield, and that is all we need from a fantasy perspective with his talent. So Dearness Johnson over to the New York Jets, I think is a really, really intriguing landing spot for 2022, and then we'll see what happens as we move past that. All right, Marvin, that was an excellent conversation, man. Greatly appreciate your insight. All the stats that you bring to the table, you do excellent, excellent work. So remind the people what you got going on here uh, over at the Fantasy Footballers and anything else that you want to tell us about that you got working on. Yes. So thank you so much for having me, man. It's always fun to, to talk dynasty with you. Um, but uh, for those listening, you can find me on Twitter at FF underscore Marvin E. All my articles eventually get on Twitter, but you can find them also on the Fantasy Footballers. I write a weekly article called the Dynasty Report, an, an article that Kyle actually started, I believe, back in the day. Um, so I, I took that over and, um, you know, write about uh, dynasty players rising and falling in, in the landscape. So that comes out on on Wednesdays and um you know we'll see where the off season takes us there could be more dynasty content coming up so um yeah thanks so much man absolutely again you can find him on twitter at ff underscore marvin e all right that will do it for today's episode for marvin i'm kyle yates and we'll see you next time thanks for listening to the fantasy pros dynasty football podcast follow us on twitter and instagram at fantasy pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.